Well, welcome to this edition of Legacy Lifters. This podcast is designed for men, and we are trying to help men become all that God crafted them to be. It's presented by legacy-minded men whose mission is to transform lives by engaging, equipping, and encouraging men to build a Christ-centered legacy. Today, my guest is a good friend of mine, Tom Rivera, who uh, you could probably see from his shoulders, the man lifts a few weights. But Tom, uh, I want to welcome you to the show. Appreciate you being on. Thank you for having me. So Tom, where did you grow up? I mean, obviously we're going to talk about your muscles, but let's get to the beginning. Where did Tom Rivera grow up? Where was the Rivera family from? Well, um, my, my, my parents were, were born in Puerto Rico. Uh, they migrated over to, to Connecticut. Um, and then um, we were born, I was born in New York on a two-way, uh, two-week vacation. My, my mother and dad took to go to see their, their, their sister-in-law, or my father's sister-in-law. Um, and my, my mother had me then, the, during those two weeks while we were there. And uh, I was born in Bellevue Hospital. Uh, many know now it's 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 not a it's not a, a regular hospital. It's more like uh, for those that are uh, mentally unstable. Mm-hmm. And um, we then um, went back to Connecticut. I was raised in Connecticut. Uh, New Britain, Connecticut, was where we were raised. A lot of our family was there. My brother, my father had uh, sixteen brothers and sisters. My mother had. Uh, I'm sorry. Did you say sixteen? Yes, sixteen. And my mother had a total of six, including her. And uh, it's funny because these the Riveras and the Rodriguez is a lot of them married into the into the Riveras married into the Rodriguez's. And so I have a lot of cousins that are almost like brothers to me because we were raised together. A big family. Um, we always used to get together every weekend. Grandma would cook up a. Uh, the meal, you know, the, the guys would be together in one place playing dominoes. The women would be over here, you know, cooking and getting things ready. So we were a lot of kids. Uh, just think about all those, uh, all those uh, siblings and having children. Wow. So um, it was an amazing, it was an amazing time raising up. Uh, we all started just uh, growing, separating, you know, getting, growing apart in a, in a sense. I went to then my father moved. And my mother moved to Berlin, Connecticut, and that's where I was. Uh, I was raised in Berlin. They bought their first home there, and I went to ho- uh, high school at uh, Berlin High School. Uh, went went to the elementary school, the the junior high, and then Berlin High School. I really was involved in sports. My brothers and I played. I have two other siblings. Uh, Orlando's my youngest. Uh, he's now a pastor in Puerto Rico, and William is uh, an attorney in Connecticut. He stayed in Connecticut all his life. Uh, he's he's the middle one and um, I'm the oldest so we always played sports together we were always involved in sports we were really really I mean sports fanatics my my father really was involved in a lot of sports also so he got us really involved in sports I started playing football I had an opportunity to get a scholarship I was playing uh, as a halfback and uh, my second year I tore my crucial ligaments in my left knee which put me out. And back then they didn't have the, the, the technology they have today to restore knees, you know, to help guys to re, uh, re, recoup and come back. So um, I couldn't play. I was devastated. It was my, it was my goal to go and play football, but um, I got on the wrong, on the wrong side of the, of the fence. As you say, I, I got involved with some wrong people 
got myself in a lot of trouble. Um, never went to jail, thank God. I mean, I, I mean, I, 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 I skipped jail quite a few times. Started hanging around uh, some gangs and and got involved in gangs and drugs and and it got really really crazy for about ten years until the Lord knocked on my door. And Let me ask a question. Uh, your dad, what was his involvement in your life as a as a young man? My dad, my dad was just a hardworking guy. Um, very, very uh, out of the Air Force, you know, very strict, very rigid. Um, that's one of the things that I had a little challenge with as a young man, you know, because it was, you know, I know my dad loves me and I know, I know why now we did what he did, but it was a little bit too extreme rigid. Okay. And my mom was a hardworking woman. She came to the United States, not knowing any English. She got her GED. She then went and got her own business, her beauty salon business. And she was, uh, she had several businesses doing that. And then my father had a grocery store, which he opened. And that, from there, he, he closed that out because that was bringing some severe problems within the household. And uh, he went into work for the Veterans Administration. And he ended up retiring for the VA for after 28 years. Very, very, uh, my father's a, a a public relations kind of guy. If you're Mito, he knows, he talks to everybody. He knows everybody. He reminds me, now I know where I get it from. And uh, he's, he's an incredible man. Um, he was very hard on our discipline. And, you know, when I got hurt, it devastated me so bad. And I don't think that they really could grasp what, what I was going through. And so, you know, using, you know, the Bible says that don't provoke your children to wrath. I think, the, the rigidness and the discipline really provoked me to this wrath that got me so angry that they didn't understand what I was going through. And I get it now because I'm, an, I'm, I'm now 60 and I can, I can relate because I have children, I have grandchildren. And um, my, my, uh, my father was a, is a good man. He's a great man. He's a man of morals, a man of integrity. He's always showed me, you know, your word is your integrity, your, your name is your character. You want to make sure that people know when they hear your name, they know your character immediately, who you are. And your word is so important. When you say something to someone, you fulfill it no matter. You, he used to say, even if you lose your pants. <laughs> so that I respect and I, I got from my dad and I appreciate my dad for all that. Uh, I, go ahead. I, I know you're so 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 you 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 took this energy, this this negative energy you were getting involved with the wrong people when did that start to slow down and when did when did you get introduced to bodybuilding well um i i, I left connecticut one of the reasons my parents moved from connecticut because they were so disappointed in the way i was living my life uh they had to move out they sold their home they went to puerto rico and uh my aunt lied to me this is a real short story she lied to me because she told me my mom was sick she was trying to get me out of Connecticut because I was in the wrong places. And when I heard my mom was sick, it just did something to me internally that I can't even describe. It's like, it just shook me. And uh, I got, my aunt said, I got a ticket for you. You, go, you got to go see your mom. So I left and I went to Puerto Rico. Hmm. And that's where my whole journey began. And that's where I came to know the Lord. And it was a, it was a great move. It was, you know, even though she did lie to me, to this day, I always tell her, Auntie, I love you so much because you saved my life, you know. Mm. And um, 
God knows how to do things. You know, he just has it all figured out. He's so sovereign and in control of our, our lives, especially when there is a call on our lives, you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I went to Puerto Rico. I went to a community college there. I started, thought physical fitness was what I wanted to get into and teach. Uh, I found that there was no money in that. <laughs> so I started, into, I started getting into the real estate and somebody gave me an opportunity to learn real estate. And I followed up on real estate there. And I uh, started attending a church right there in, in uh, Carolina, that they call Carolina, Puerto Rico, one of the fastest growing churches back then. Uh, Rodolfo Font was the pastor back then, and uh, his son now is, has that church. It's, it's, um, I learned a lot, so much there, to, and, and I started getting involved in the bodybuilding part of it because I, I went from from using all these drugs and, and just trying to destroy myself and kill myself basically to really wanting to take care of myself after I came to know the Lord. I had such an incredible Damascus experience that I can't even describe. I heard the birds for the first time at the age of 26 and saw the trees for the first time after I came out of this church. I know something happened to me. I know I was born again. Now I do. Back then I didn't understand it. and. Uh, so that's where my journey began, and I began to start working out and training and really, really getting serious about it. I said, you know what? I want to be. I want to win, Mr. Puerto Rico. I'm going to win it. And I trained for the first two to three years, and um, I won. You know, God gave me the opportunity to win it at my weight class. And it was 199 weight class back then. Um, I dropped about maybe almost 15 to 20 pounds just to get into that weight class, and it was amazing. But it was an incredible journey to learn what I learned in the weightlifting side of it because God was showing me, even using my body and developing my body, that that's how faith is. You know, you have to work hard. You have to get the reps in. You're going to feel some pain. You know, you're going to have to have some recovery. All of these, all these things that we learn in bodybuilding is actually how life is really, how we walk life out. And um, I started using it. And so I realized, okay, so God is teaching me through what I'm doing how life is actually going to be. It's not going to be easy. You've got to work hard. You've got to train hard. And so, yeah, that, that was my, my, my journey from there. Uh, I moved to Chicago. I had a real estate. So, let's start, wait, let's, let's, so what was it like being Mr. Puerto Rico in 1987? Well, you know, um, after you achieve it, it's like, you know, one day you're excited and then the next day it just goes away. It's like you really feel like it's – it's not that this is not it, you know, and back then there was really no money in what they're doing today. Like everybody becomes an IFBB pro today. And if you get your pro card, you can make money doing these tournaments back then. All you get is a trophy. You know, I got mm. this trophy that was bigger than me, but um, <laughs> it's, it, it really wasn't as rewarding. You couldn't make money. I spent more money trying to, to get into the competition and develop my body than I did what, uh, than what I earned after winning. So I said, you know what? I don't think this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I actually stopped working out for almost 10 years, almost 10 years. Yeah. And, uh, uh I can tell you that story later on, but, um, a good friend of mine said, man, you were Mr. Puerto Rico. What are you doing? I've already moved here back to the States. I was here in Florida and he goes, why don't you come and work out with me? I need somebody to work out. You can train me. And that's how I began to develop training. And I said, sure, let's do it. And before I knew it, I was back in it again, and I was feeling great, and it was, it was amazing. 
So did that, is that how you got led into ministry? Well, ministry was led in Chicago. Um, when I left Puerto Rico, I first moved to Chicago. And then uh, in Chicago, uh, I, I worked in the car business for some years, um, almost 10 years. And um, everything that I, that I learned in the car business, basically, I learned it through all this work that I did for bodybuilding. I actually applied it all also to the, the car business because you got to work hard. I was doing 12 to 15 hours a day in the car business in cold. And it was tough. It was very tough. And so I got tired of the cold and I figured, you know what, I think it's, it's time for a move. And I moved to Florida. This is where I met my good friend, uh, Peter, Peter Rodriguez. He did about 12 tours in Afghanistan and he started working out. I started helping him spiritually, actually married them right here on the beach here at my house in the backyard. Him and his wife got married right here. Um, he's a very, very good friend of mine, but he really motivated me to get back in and I started training and I haven't stopped since. It's been amazing. It's been amazing. Wow. And so, so you're today, you're, you're in ministry, you are mentoring, you're mentoring professionally for a group yeah. called Excel. Tell us a little bit about Excel. Well, Excel was, uh, I, I, I did a, a two year residency here, family church, uh, downtown here, uh, which Family Church is one of the fastest growing churches here in South Florida. And um, I, I got involved with them. They asked me to do a residency. And I said, absolutely, let's do it. And I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know where I wanted to go. I was working out. I was still doing everything. I was training at the gym. I was training a lot of people. I got my, 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 my master's training certificate. And I figured I'd keep training people while I'm doing my residencies to earn some kind of money. And... Um, when I finished the residency, I just kept, I asked uh, Dr. Warner, I said, what, I don't know what God wants me. I really don't know what to do. So an opportunity opened up through a friend, um, Steve Wright. He was one of the associate pastors here or the, one of the uh, campus pastors. And he said, Tom, I want to talk to you. I got to meet with you. I've got to show you something that I think you really is down your alley. This is something you've been doing for the last four years in Florida at the gym. And I think it's going to fit perfectly. So when he met and he told me about Excel, I said, wow, this is amazing. He goes, Tom, here's your platform. You've been doing this already. You've been mentoring young men. You've been training them. You're helping families. Your you're, you're, people are, are, are getting are coming into, into the kingdom of God through your ministry. Why don't we experiment this? So anyway, we, he put me on the phone immediately with Jay Thompson. And Jay Thompson is the CEO of Excel in Savannah. He's all, he was already doing this for seven years. And he was mentoring young men. And he goes, I want to fly you up tomorrow. I said, wow. And my wife and I got on a plane. We went over there to meet him because we were praying for my direction after residency. I didn't know where I was going. And, uh, and I kept, I was frustrated, so frustrated. It was right before my eyes and I didn't see it, Joe. It was amazing because, you know, here I am thinking I, I, I want to be a pastor and I'm going to be in the church. And I'm going to be doing something. And, and that's not where God wanted me. God said, no, I want you in the trenches. I want you out there with my people, the people that really, really need it. Getting your hands dirty. And uh, th that was amazing. And so I met Jay. He, uh, three months later, I was, uh, I was in Excel doing mentoring. So, so, and, and so take us through your typical mentoring session with a young man. So what, what I do is basically I sit down with them. 
we have an assessment that we do with them first to find out what are their, their personalities, what are their interests, what are their skills. And then we sit with them on our first training is basically orientation to figure out exactly where this young man is, where his interests are, where his passions are, and what are his gifts. Because once we discover that, then we can actually bring them into, into, the, into the place that they're going to be effective, right? We don't want to put people in an area that they're going to be miserable. You know how the scriptures tell us, don't frustrate the, the grace of God? Well, in grace is a gift for every man that God has given us. And we need to find out what that gift is. And once we find it, we know that's my passion, that is my interest, and that's what I'm driven to do. And that's what I found doing this. I found my passion. I found my, my true call because I thought, yes, I'm still a pastor. I still pastor people. I still pray with people. I still bring people to the Lord. But I'm also a master trainer and a mentor. And so using those skills, are now, are, are, it gives me more, I'm more effective when I'm speaking to a young man and preparing a plan for them. So what we do is we prepare first a plan. What is your plan? What is it? I, got, I got guys right now that want to go into welding. They want to be welders. One wants to be a CDL driver, just driving a bus. He wants to help the homeless in the future and have his own bus. I have another one right now that wants to be in hospitality. I have one that wants to be an ENT and go and it goes on and on and on. I have so many kids that now we know exactly what they want. And so we work towards that. So that's what we help them do. We hold them hand by their hand and we say, let's do this together. And, and you know, Tom, I just want to pick up on something you said, because it's something that, as a matter of fact, I have a new book coming out, the five and a half questions everyone must answer. And we talk about that place where strengths meet passion. And where strengths meet passion, you generally find purpose. And, and your face lit up when you talked about, you know, doing this. It's obviously a passion of yours that's operating off of a strength that you have in obviously bodybuilding and training and working with young men, which is ex ex so important today with the amount of the fatherlessness issue is so significant. And I, I firmly believe it's the greatest problem around. You know, men who have abdicated their role as leaders, husbands, and fathers have right. led to a lot of the chaos that we're seeing in the world today. Absolutely. And men like you and groups like Excel and legacy-minded men are, are doing something about that. And, and, and it's my hope, by the way, guys listening, is that you're going to hear this man talking and it's going to excite you to say, I want to get involved. I want to mentor. And here's the thing. Your mentoring can start with your own son. Because I, I don't know about you, Tom, but I meet a lot of guys that I, I just don't know what to do with my son. I don't know how to talk to him. I don't know any. Well, start by oh. saying, hi, how are you? You know, but let's, let's, let's get the ball rolling here. You don't necessarily have to go out and mentor someone else. You can do it right in your own home, right? Absolutely. And, and I have, I've had situations where fathers have called me. They don't know what to do. Uh, his son drops out of high school, all of a sudden goes to work for Publix, and all he had to do was finish his, you know, finish that last year. Yeah. And I said, well, I think you need the mentoring. Yeah. And I, I think that's really the issue. And yeah. Sometimes the fathers need mentoring first so they can learn to go and mentor their young, their, their boys. Fix the father, and the father will then trickle everything down to the son for generations down. to come. Yes, absolutely. So, so you uh, you were explaining to me this concept that you have in, in your training with these young men, the, the thirty rep rule. Talk <laughs> to us about the thirty rep. This guy's insane, by the way. 
<laughs> he's insane workout. He, I'm going to have to get a picture to all you guys about how he really looks. But talk to me about the 30 rep rule. Well, I developed the 30 rep rule after getting hurt several times. I mean, you know, always shoulders. And I know a lot of guys who can relate to me. You're on the bench press, you're putting two plates on each side, and you do one or two reps, and all of a sudden you're rolling your shoulder because it's hurting you. And, you know, I was the same way at the beginning, you know, and I realized, you know what, um, sometimes it's, it's really just not knowing. It's ignorance because ignorance is just not knowing. But it's also sometimes it's just ego. And I had to get my ego out of the way and say, you know what, I don't care if I have only five pounds in my hands or 10 pounds, but I've got to up the reps so that I can develop more blood flow into the muscle. And so this is what I teach now. I take young men and I teach them, listen, so you don't get hurt, let's do it right. Let's get the form right first and let's get the reps in. Same thing in life. If you're not doing your daily objectives, if you're not getting something done daily, you're not gonna get, you're not gonna go anywhere. You know, you gotta get in your car if you need to go get a job and go and apply, you know? You gotta do something, you gotta move. And so I teach them that if you're not doing the reps, 30 rep rule is my minimum per set. So you're looking at one body part, uh, you may be doing 300 reps per one body part. That's two different exercises. And if you do three, then you can figure out the math, okay? It's 450 reps. So it keeps going up. Uh, and sometimes I'll do two body parts, depending. So in life, we have to do the same thing. And so even mentors, I'm going to tell this to the mentors out there that are listening that really want to do this. You have to inspect what you expect. Sometimes you have to inspect your own self. You have to keep yourself on check. And Joe, I think we talked about this when we had, we had dinner. We have, it's discipline. It's something that you have to be disciplined to do. Like we discipline ourselves to get up and pray, read, our, read the Bible, looking for a word for the, of the day. We're always doing something, right, to cultivate that part of the spirit. But then we're, we're, we're neglecting something that God has given us, which is the body. We have to take care of and have a balance on all of it. And so a false balance is what? An abomination. Mm -hmm. So I learned and I said, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. I'm, I'm spirit filled. I'm always studying scripture. I'm always out there ministering. But what about the health part of it? That's mm -hmm. my responsibility. If mm -hmm. God's not going to, oh, God, help me with my health. God's not going to help you with it. He's already given you the tools to do it. With. Right. Make sense? Yes, sir. And so now, I'm, I'm going to ask you this question, but I think I know the answer already. How do you recruit young men? But if I may say so, when you're in a gym, you know, a 60-year-old man, by the way, he doesn't look 60, but in the shape that you're in, I'm, I'm assuming these men are drawn to you because I have never seen shoulders like yours. The, the two balls that you have on, the, on your shoulders are unreal. So I'm, sh I'm sure guys are attracted to that and want to get to know you so that maybe you could give them some pointers. So are you actually going out looking for or young kids, or are they coming to you? Now they've been coming to me. At the, well, even in the gym, when I first started the, the, this mentoring with, without Excel, young men would come to me because they knew I was a former Mr. Puerto Rico. Yeah. So... I use it as a tool, not only to have an hour and a half with them to speak, to speak into their lives, but at the same time to train them properly. So sometimes it's just my, I mean, I get stopped sometimes and sometimes it's a little uncomfortable. People stop me and my God, how did you get those shoulders, you know? And it's an opportunity for me to really, really minister to people because um, that's what God uses. So 
um, a lot of the kids will come up to me at the gym and just say, you know, coach, I really, I, I really, I really need some help. Could you help me? And I said, absolutely. And then I'll talk to them about the program. If they're a good fit, I will, that, because I do vet them. I just don't take anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we really want to vet them from the ages of 15 to 25 is where I'm really working with right now. Um, I just got a group um, from Vita Nova Inc. It's a foster care group, and I'm working with foster care guys now. I just, just, got, just started this week with a bunch of guys this week. I'm at the YMCA. I have a bunch of young men at the YMCA in Palm Springs here on Congress, uh, on Congress Avenue. And I also have the PAL, the Sheriff's Department, which we've been on hold because of COVID. But uh, they can't wait until I come back. They're, they're excited about me coming. They already bought these little dumbbells for them. And these are more kids like 14, 15, 16, 17. They're a little younger. Um, and uh, they, they want me to train them properly. And I also started my training program, which is the, the uh, Excel training program with them, the life skills. So, so can, you, can, can you share with us what you, the, the most memorable story of a mentee? One of my memorable stories is a young man named Jason, who I was on the phone yesterday, uh, actually giving him a little bit of correction because um, <laughs> that's part of mentoring, guys. You know, don't be afraid to correct them. Uh, when I hear uh, I, I, he's going to be my student of the year and the summit this year will be held in Savannah, Georgia, and we're going to be unfolding all our, our new um, mobile training units, which we're bringing out to teach uh, the trades. And I told him, I need you to start talking to your boss early so that you can be available that October 4th. He goes, yeah, but I'm working. I'm working. I got, a, I'm, I got so much on my plate. I said, well, hold on, hold on one second. What do you mean you're working? He says, I'm working seven days a week. I said, that's not what you learn in life skills. You got to have a balance with everything in life. You got to have your personal life. Oh, well, because my boss needs me. I said, this is not about just making money. We learned this already, right? We're not serving mammon. We're serving God. And he, it was like I shook him. And he said, you're right. Jason is a humble young man. He loves the Lord. And he's so anxious in getting ahead in life that he get, now sometimes they get ahead of themselves. And I said, okay, yeah, let's, put, let's put the brakes on this thing, okay? Okay, yeah. you got to prove for a house. You got to prove for a house. This is a guy that was two years ago was living on a park bench. Okay. Praise God. Now he went through my program. He was telling me yesterday, if it wouldn't have been for Excel, I wouldn't be here. I said, okay, so I need you to go back, read your notes, and let's get back on track. Remember, these are the boundaries we give you that you have to walk this life out. Mm -hmm. You just can't, you just can't go off because sometimes we get off the rail. You know how trains do that. They'll they'll move over into another rail. No, we got to get you back on the track. So, Mm Yesterday, he thanked me, he called me back, he thanked me again, so he's back. He's going to be my student of the year. And That's so Jason great. is going to Palm Beach State. Uh, he's, he's got his own brand new car now. He, now he's the manager of the cricket store. They gave him his own store. Uh, this is something that he was, at the beginning, when we first started writing down a plan, this was his goal, is to actually manage a store and someday own a store. That's his dream is to own his own store. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, it looks like God is doing this for you, but don't get focused on the money. He started investing a little bit of money in, in stocks and he made a whole bunch of money. All of a sudden he lost $5,000. So he was all stressed out. I said, that's part of investment and you're going to have to learn that. So we, we, we talked him through this 
and let them know the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh Take it away. <laughs> Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Remember that principle. Okay. Yeah. Don't get don't get sticky hands. Be a guy that is always ready to give and always ready to receive when the Lord gives you. Okay? Amen. You you mentioned the mobile training unit. Just tell me a little bit about that. The mobile training units are uh, we. Uh, our CEO one day woke up with this dream. We thought he was crazy, and uh, yeah, he's just a visionary. And he he said, "I got this idea. I I believe it's going to work." And all of a sudden. He got put it together. It's a mobile training unit. It's called Excel Works Mobile Training Units. And what we're doing is each, each mobile unit will have four different stations where we can teach them carpentry. We can teach them roofing. We can teach them trimming on just the carpentry one, okay? Now we have, we're going to have a plumbing one. It's all, all plumbing. And we're going to have one that does all um, uh with welding it's going to be all well so power mitsubishi powers is building one right now for us it's going to be all welding and then we just got one done yesterday another one an automotive one it's all for mechanic so we're going to be displaying these in october 4th in, at the summit so people we're going to actually bring them out so people can see them walk through them and actually get a little taste of what the kids learn in the carpentry one they have their tool belts they have all the different tools. They get to put their tool belt on. I used to see these kids. Uh, I went to one of the events just to see how it actually works out. And it's amazing. So we're looking for next year, 2021, to have our own mobile training units. They run about 50,000 each one to actually equip everything. DeWalt is one of our sponsors that gives us a lot of tools. But we also have events where we have the mobile training unit and a community and people come and bring tools and give tools too for the kids. So how do, how do you fund the, this program? Well, we, we do it through either sponsors or we do it through private donors. That's how we sponsor it. So uh, it, it's here in Florida, it's been a little slower because we just got started two years ago, but it's starting to take momentum now. I'm starting to see the momentum and people are seeing the work that we're doing in the community. And um, I have, we have a few people that are very interested in helping us this year. And I'm hoping that we can start raising some of this money so that we can put some of these mobile units all over the place. Vita Nova is one. I just spoke to one of the uh, directors at Vita Nova. He says, Tom, you're going to have six by the end. Of, by this time next year, you'll have six mobile units because I want to put them in different counties mm -hmm. so that we can bring them into any place we can bring them any park we can bring them any community and actually teach and these guys that are mentors out there that have nothing to do they have some uh, uh some some time that they they really don't know what to do with themselves if you know a skill you know a trade well listen i would love to have you on our team to come out and, and just give up your time to teach a young man a trade that's what we're really what we're really looking for and of course your prayers we really need prayer that's number so, one. So bottom line is anybody interested can go to exceltoday.com. That's X C E I'm, I'm sorry, X C E L today.com. Tom, thank you so much for joining us on Legacy oh, Lifters. Uh, love your heart, love what you're doing, and my goodness, you are a massive individual. And <laughs> and it's just been great getting to know you. So uh, thank you very much for being here, Tom. Well, thank you for being my friend. I really appreciate you so much. Thank you. Thank, thank you for inviting you. me. Okay.
And thank you guys for checking out Legacy Lifters. Just visit LegacyMindedMen.org for just tons of resources on how we can help you become that better man, that better dad, that better husband, that better leader. Because Lord knows we need that today. So again, thank you very much for joining us. And remember this, life is God's gift to us. The Christ-centered legacy we leave behind, well, that's our gift back to him. God bless you guys. Have a great day.